Good Monday morning, you bastards. This is Matt Hodell with the Bastards of Art podcast, checking in. It is Monday, um, October 30th. That is right. Tomorrow is Halloween. Uh, and it is also me and my wife's anniversary. So that's pretty cool. Uh, a little benchmark. A time to reflect, to figure out what we've done, what's working, what's not working, and what we can do better for the next year. Uh, that's why we have these little benchmarks in our life. And then what's why we celebrate them is to kind of give us a moment to pause. Um, today I, I, uh, I know I, I know people that hang out with me, they hear me talk about money or business or leadership or finance a little too much, um, but I cannot stop stressing it because it's it's something that that everyone can kind of like shake their head at, but but it, but it can be embarrassing because if you know no one really knows what happens behind closed checkbooks, you know if if we were to get audited and someone were to really see. Uh, what our what our bank accounts look like and how either frivolous or stingy or irresponsible or super responsible we are, what would that look like? You know, trying to keep a household, um, it's embarrassing to me when my house is messy. I would like to keep it clean and orderly. Um, and that means when other people come over, that's only like a barometer for like when other people come over, I don't want to feel embarrassed like I didn't put any effort into my house. Um the same should be with your checkbook. Uh, not that everyone's going to look at it, but you should you should be a little proud of like how you've organized your money and how you've spent it and how you've saved it. You know, a wealthy man once said, "It's not how much money you make; it's how much money you keep." So, why and how is this? Is this a financial podcast or is this an art podcast? Look, it is definitely an art podcast because here's the deal: a lot of artists don't get a paycheck. We get paid commission. We get paid. Uh, for, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We get paid for projects we're asked to do. Um, so it's case by case and the money, the money doesn't flow evenly like you did with the paycheck. You can take two people. One makes 40,000 a year with a paycheck and one makes 40,000 a year with just hard work. And sometimes January's good. February sucks. March is good. June sucks. And so even though at the end of the year, both people made 40000 the artist who is getting paid uh, irregularly uh, tends to have a lot more stress in his life because uh, it's difficult to, to really pull back and see the big picture. And it's also difficult to figure out what money is. Money's a really weird thing. If you have a dollar bill, take it out, lay it on the table. I'm going to ask you, what is that worth? And you're going to say it's $1. And I'm going to ask you one more time. What is a dollar worth? See, it's a commodity. It can be traded. It can be um, uh, changed in for other forms of currency. And so you can, you know, buy X amount of uh, euros for the price of a dollar or vice versa. And that changes every day on the marketplace. So it's kind of an odd thing that the dollar, we say it's worth a dollar, but what is a, what is a dollar spending ability? And that's, the, that's a kind of a curious thing to think about. Nothing to dwell on. But that just means that a dollar is not really worth a dollar in spending power equivalent from yesterday to tomorrow to a year from now. That same dollar is not worth the same one year from now. The same dollar was not worth the same in 1970. We all know this. We have like things like inflation and uh, current rates of interest and, and whatnot, blah, 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 not to bore you with all that. So in an artist's mindset, an artist's framework, what is a dollar worth? Think of it this way. Instead of saying, my time is worth money, flip it around and say, my money is worth 
time. If you started thinking of your dollars in your pocket as worth time, and each time you spent that, you just gave back the effort or time that earned you that dollar, would you still be buying it? So let's take a situation like walking through the airport. What a great place to blow stupid money, right? All of a sudden, there's magazines that you never buy. There's frappuccinos that cost $2 more. If you go sit at the bar, hey, would you like a, a gin and Coke? Uh, for an extra five bucks, we'll throw a little more gin in there. You know, every time you 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 get that dollar bill taken out of your pocket and you want to spend it on something, you should tell yourself, "I'm not. It's not only a dollar. This is my time." And so, should I be giving my time for uh, a ten dollar cheeseburger? Should I be giving my time for a canoe that I'm never going to use? You know, think about it that way. And even you can even like really get into crazy stuff. Like I pay for Hulu and I never watch Hulu. So why are you giving your time, AKA dollars to Hulu if you don't? Because in your head, you're tricked. You're like, oh, it's only seven bucks a month. Okay. Seven bucks a month, right? Times 12. So we're up to 70, uh, $84, right? Uh, so is your, is, is your time worth that? If, if you know, you, these are questions you ask yourself. This is on the personality of things. But let's organize our money real quick and let's say, I'm going to put this in another context of, of like where our money is going. Why are we broke? Why are we, why is the guy who makes 40,000 a year, you know, able to, you know, keep his head above water, but every month it feels like we're dying over here. One of the reasons is, is that when we get our quote unquote extra money, we don't realize that that money is already spent, right? So if it took uh, what's the math here? Let's let's make it easy. Let's say fifty thousand dollars. Bugga bugga bugga. How should I do this? I tell you what. Let's just say you made extra money, right? And normally you would make you know two thousand dollars a month. And if you set and if you spread that two thousand dollars a month over a year, you would have uh, twenty four thousand dollars a year. You would make right. That's easy math. It's 2,000 times 12 equals 24,000. What if one month you made 1,000, the next month you made 3,000, and the next month you made 2,000? The law of averages says that you made $2,000 a month, right? Okay, that's an easy concept over three months. If you take it over 12 months, it's no different. But what happens is if you have three normal months, $2,000 in January, $2,000 in February, $2,000... Jeff January for two thousand dollars in March, um, and then all of a sudden April hits, and you have five thousand dollars that you earned in April. Does that mean you should go ahead and get that canoe that you've always wanted, or get that put a down payment on that new car you've always wanted? No, because the money's already spent. Because you need that money to last you throughout the whole entire year. So what I'm saying is, when you get that extra money, put it away save it. You should be constantly saving it. It's not how much money you make. It's how much money you keep. The lords and gods of, of finances did not come down and bless you with a, with a wonderful month. What they did was they said, look, you're going to need this. I had a friend one time. He used to bitch and he used to say, and he's an artist. He used to say, man, every time I got an extra thousand dollars in my pocket, my refrigerator breaks, my car needs tires, my windows need to be replaced in my house. And I say, well, isn't it great that you had that $1,000 before those things happened? 
right? Because we don't know what's going to be happening in the future. We don't know, uh, you know, uh, you know, what those surprises are going to be, but we can calculate what our living expense is going to be, how much a, a month we need to be spending and where that money should be going. So think of it like this really quick. I don't, I just mentioned I, I, my anniversary is coming up. Uh, if you've ever planned a wedding, you have people come to your wedding guests and you feed them. That's kind of a normal tradition. So you start breaking people down, not by the, how, how, uh, you know, how much, Oh, hey, think of it like this. If it costs $20 a person to be at your wedding because of food, right? That's how much the caterer is going to cost you. What would you like? Uh, $20 a plate. Oh, that's wonderful. How about I set up this menu for you? Oh, thank you so much, Mr. Waiter uh, guy person. So you're basing your entire guest list off of $20 a plate. And you start off really, really happy, right? Like we're going to invite the guys I went to high school with. We're going to, I, you know, I haven't talked to them in a while. So a couple of my Facebook friends, you know, they're going to see the posts about my wedding. They're going to wonder why they're not in it. I've got those family members and then I've got those other family members. And then if I'm going to invite them, I guess their kids are going to come. And next thing you know, you have a guest list. And I know you've done this. You have a guest list. that's like five, 600 people, 400 people. And then you do the math, 500 people, $20 a plate. Are you kidding me? I do not know those people that well. So then you start to say what that person's worth to the $20. And you say, you know what, man, let's make it a no kid wedding. Cause I don't want to feed all the kids right now. You've just justified your relationship to that person and how much money you're going to spend on it. Right. And then, so, you know, let's go back to the beginning. Let's not go based on like this wish list of everything, everyone we want to invite, but let's go to order of importance. Okay. Family, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, right? We got that tight family, that first tight family. Let's go to our best friends. All right. Definitely these guys I hang out with all the time. Definitely my golf buddies or definitely my travel buddies. All right. And then you, from there, you start to kind of figure out your own personal order of importance of who is worth $20 a plate because it adds up. This is exactly how you should be doing your budget at home every day is you should be looking and saying, I've got money to spend. I've got extra money to spend. What should I do with it? Maybe I should buy a canoe. I don't know. Is that canoe worth your time? Right? Because buying that canoe takes away from someone else, from some, some, some other thing that's going to happen to you. You really only make X amount a year just because you have extra money now doesn't mean you should spend it. So what should you do? There is a saying, it's said over and over again, it's taught to every person whenever they first learn about finances, it's called pay yourself first. Before you go blow your money on something stupid and frivolous, pay yourself first. That number, 10%. Start there. Start paying 10% first. So here's the deal. If you average two grand a month, right, that's your average, but you have, you know, it's easy with a paycheck because I can just take 10% of my paycheck and put it away. I'm getting paid like twice on Tuesday, three times on Friday. What, how am I supposed to keep track of that? It's easy. Average out how much you make a year. Figure out what 10% of that would be a month. Put that away. That's your first goal. So first of the month, we got the 31st is tomorrow. The first is coming up, right? Everything you make from the first moving forward, the first 10% which in a situation where if you made $2,000 a month, $200 a 
is your first 10%. So the first $200 you make, put away. Put it in a savings account. Don't touch it. It is for a rainy day. It is for the worst case scenarios. All right? And at the end of the year, in theory, you should keep 10% of all your earnings for the year. Now you have money for taxes. You got money for Christmas. You got all this you know, extra money that you normally wouldn't have had. What about that bonus year, right? Or bonus month that you made five grand and you only, only normally make two grand. I tell you what, first take your $200, put that away. That's your 10% of your $2,000 average a month. Then what you're going to do is that other $3,000, put it away. Bring it out next month when you only make $1,000. Okay? That's really simple. That's not a big deal. This isn't crazy stuff. Keep your finances in order and you will uh, not be forced to work out of desperation. That's what happens when you're self-employed. You don't take care of yourself. You don't take care of your finances. You get broke all the time. You consider... Uh, you, you value money in an awkward and weird way that isn't working for you or else you'd already have money saved up, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to start taking care of our money. We're not going to say uh, m- m- money. time is money. We're going to start saying money is time. We're going to start valuing our time by every time you get a dollar out of your pocketbook. That's your time you're giving away, Okay. We're going to start saving 10%. We're going to get that number from the law of averages of how much we predict we're going to make this year. And when we make extra money, we're going to put it away. That's step one. All right. Start doing those things. And then you can get to the next level of like worrying about retirement and worrying about all the other things. That's, that's too much to chew if you've never taken care of your finances before. All right. You can listen to other people. You can get advice from them. But most people are full of crap. All right. Most people will tell you and paint a picture that makes them more healthy financially than they really are. Right now, I think it's something, and I've said this over and over again, it's something like 42% of Americans will have to borrow $400 if they needed it in an emergency. That means if you drove to work this morning and your water heater went out or water, yeah, water pump, let's say the water pump in your car went out on the way to work this morning. Okay. And you had to get your car fixed so you can keep going back to work, right? 40% of Americans would have to borrow that 400 bucks. Don't be that person because that forces you into situations where you have to work for desperation. If you have money saved up and and you're being healthy with your money, then when a project comes along that doesn't meet your criteria of what you're trying to achieve with your career, you will not take the junk jobs because financially, you don't need them. If you spend every dollar you have as fast as you get it, then every job that comes along, you will have to take to keep feeding your bad habits. So that's, uh, you know, if you guys want to like five, give five minutes of my personal story, I overextended myself in the 20s, in my 20s. I wanted to go live in Europe. I was sharing a flat with a guy named Christian. I came home to sell a bunch of stuff and um, I found out that my first child was was on its way. And that was my oldest daughter, Emma. And that was when I was 27. I was financially irresponsible. I made enough money to pay my debts, but I had no money in the bank. What that did was it forced me to work hard. And also because I didn't have a home, I didn't have an apartment in the United States. I had to live in a motel. Okay. And when my daughter was two months old, 
I had to uh, decide how to juggle all of this, getting my debt paid off, paying for the hotel, paying for my daughter, because I, I, I didn't have a set, you know, I didn't have a, a long shop that I'd been working at in the States because I'd been in Europe for the, for the past couple months, you know. From that point on, you can pretty much consider that homeless, okay? Homeless with an infant child. I promised myself I would never be in that position again. And from that day on, I started learning how slowly, not perfectly, and definitely not ideal, I slowly learned how to get farther and farther away from that uncomfortable position I'd put myself in by overextending myself financially, okay? There are no excuses. You can't minimize, justify, rationalize a crappy way of living, okay? If it's not comfortable, then you're overspending. Now, this entire thing, I never said you need to make a lot of money. All I said is, the money you make, spend responsibly. You can live on little, but make sure the little that you have goes to the right places. All right. So anyway, my name is Matt Hodell. This is the Bastards of Art podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. I'm begging you to go to iTunes and leave some more reviews. We've got a couple and really appreciate it. We're still at five stars. It's really awesome. But by doing that, it helps get our podcast up higher, um, which keeps me motivated to keep doing these. Um, and, uh, it's a big full circle thing. Also, uh, I have a blog. It's matthodelltattoo.com. Uh, you can subscribe to that when you go to the blog page. And there's also the bastardsart.com. That's where the podcast is located. You can go through there and uh, see what episodes you've missed. Uh, I really appreciate everyone who's listening. Have an awesome week. Be careful on Halloween. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, uh, take it easy.